0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to part two, Glam Aliens and Hobbits. I'm going to let Doug take it away. We're going to jump right back in.
1: I mean, if you go through Ireland or if you, even, if you go and Google it, you'll see how many towers how many castles they have in Ireland. And it's not even a major European country. No. But if you even if you drive through it, you'll see towers everywhere. The whole point was you go in, you close the door, and you hope to have enough food and water not to die so you don't have to fight the people on the outside. Mm. And they're everywhere, which means yeah. that they must have been necessary everywhere, which is yeah. crazy.
0: Well, yeah, but it's the, even the, my last name, Doyle, um, it means dark stranger, and the origin of it comes from... Uh, From dark stranger meaning that there was an old tribe that came from somewhere, they think the Nordic region, came to Galway, and they were the dark strangers because they had, my dad has dark hair, they think that that trait of the darker hair, because he's Irish, a lot of people don't know he's Irish because he doesn't have that light, fluffy brown (coughs) hair or the red hair, but that's the little translation of uh, Gaelic is Dubingal, which means dark stranger. So the different pillaging of, and then they decided to stay and actually incorporate with the um, uh, local people. So they actually didn't yeah. pillage the village, as I always say. <laughs> uh, and they, they, they stayed by, and that's how the Doyles were born. And that was a long time ago. You're talking 15, 1400s around that time period.
1: I know. Most people wouldn't realize when, when they talk about Irish people that there'd be the dark Irish, people who are tanned or who have dark features like you're saying mm. most of you think of pale redheaded people but yeah you know and i i've heard people theorize that maybe maybe after troy fell it, you know mm. and i know that's like debated if it's even was real they found cities there but they yeah. thought maybe people came from there and i've heard of a spanish fleet that even crashed on the shores there so who knows? I mean, who knows where
0: exactly? And and that's why I think the DNA comes back as 100% Irish because you're talking about those people mingling as, like, uh, you know, having children upon children for generations after those people left and colonized in that area. You would then get a plush group of Irish people of what it is like their DNA from the dark featured to the light featured and the redheads to yeah all the above and. Yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of it definitely gets misstepped. I, I didn't. I didn't know about that whole that Troy thing. That's that's very fascinating.
1: I don't know if it's real. It's just. It's just. You know. I, I've. I've. Who knows if I saw it on Wikipedia or YouTube or God knows. I. I can't. I can't verify it. But I'm sure if you look it up, there's something to it. Yeah. Have you heard about the Eye of the Sahara? Yes, I have. Ah, the Lost City <laughs> of Atlantis. Huh? The. the, the I think it's the RACAT structure, the, R-I-C-H-A-T. Yes. The RACAT structure,
0: yes. Okay, so you know it well. So for any of the people listening to the podcast, the RACAT structure is uh, something that we <laughs> first found <laughs> first found through space. Uh, uh, was it NASA, I think, in like the 60s or 70s? I can't remember exactly <clears throat> which time, but they saw it, and they use it as a reference point now while they're traveling through space of where Africa is when they look down. Um, I'm That's not, so cool. I'm not really sure why, but um, it's... Look it up on YouTube There's, it's a really fascinating story about how the city was built. And then if you look at Plato's writings uh, and what he found and if you the exact descriptions of what he says of where the mountain range is to where the rivers flow down and where the delta was within the city, it's pretty un- mm-hmm. it's pretty unbelievable how connected the terms are in comparison to what Plato says and what uh, he calls Atlantis and the the, the, Mar- the Marathi Maranti people that are still mm. there. Um, their king was his name was Atlas, King Atlas. Like, it, that's crazy. Everything kind of like lines up for like prehistoric, yes. like that, that era, that time era of like people. And then if you look at the region, if you ever go on Google Maps real quick and look at it, it's like uh, just n- north, it's northwest of Mali. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, you, you can see, you zoom in a little bit to that region, you can see the Rakat structure and you see like the sand pushing down all the way out to the sea. So it kind of looks like that there was some sort of catastrophic event that pushed all that out. Um, And some people think that, because the Sahara Desert kind of covers to the uh, east of it, and it's pushing out, so it's kind of hard to distinguish the two. But as soon as you see the Rakat structure, and then you look to the left, you see that there's all these streams, perfect lines going outward toward the sea, like there was some sort of water that used to exist there and something pushed it out. And in the research I've done, it talks about how the tectonic plates pushed up and water moved downward and out into the ocean. And so like um, elevation over time, it moved the entire tectonic plate up. I don't know if you got this deep into it. Obviously, I'm, I'm sounding very... No,
1: I'm, I'm with it. I'm just letting you go for it. Very but I, I at have. This
0: point, but, um,
1: oh, what's going to get worse.
0: <laughs> it pushed up the entire <laughs> tectonic plate and move down the water into what we now know as the Atlantic Ocean. And it you can look at it. Go look on Google Maps. It looks weird. It looks freaky. Like the eye itself and then the way the rings are formed, it does not look like a asteroid hit it. I've seen what an asteroid does. It takes a big dent in the Earth, and it's like yeah. one formation. This thing is multiple rings, and it looks in a depicted exactly like the waterways. Do you have anything to add You to know,
1: what? One of the problems with, I think, archaeologists and anthropologists is they talk about their field like it's – like wherever we're at, that's exactly what happened in the past. But then when new technology comes along and they go through the Amazon rainforest and they find these ancient cities buried in the jungles or they go up to Mississippi and Georgia and they find the same pyramids that are down in – from Mayan civilizations and now something gets added to the story. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold back, hold back.
0: Talk about this Mississippi thing again. Well oh, yeah. Pyramids? So there, tell me about this.
1: There are there are mounds. I don't know if it now no here we go because I um I've been drinking. Okay. But uh I don't know if it's Mississippi, Louisiana, Georgia, but just look up that part of America of the United States and look up uh pyramids and mounds. They've unearthed them there and then they find the pottery and they find lots of stuff similar to the civilization down in Central America. Now, mm-hmm. we don't know how old that is. I mean, they do, they try and, you know, they, they have this different science to kind of tell the dates of things. But nobody was there. Nobody saw it. There's no recorded history of it. And yet we'll say, you know, back in the 90s or 80s, there's the Mayan civilization, there's this, and then that's it. And then people will write books about it. They'll build their careers on it. New information comes in and they want to fight it off because it goes against what they've been saying mm-hmm. is a fact. Yes. I'm not saying that I know anything because I don't know anything at all, but no, what I do know no, is but but, there's so much we don't
0: know. But you're following a, a, a man by the name of Graham Hamcock, which is... he's <laughs> Yes, the he, man. The man, because he, he was, for what, over 30 years, discounted of the things he would do and say about North America and South oh, yeah. America. And now he's heavily credited for the discoveries of... Um, uh, Tepe Globia Tepe, yeah, yeah. But the one, the one in Turkey um, that they uh, and they, uh, it was not a hunter-gatherer error in civilization. It was uh, before, like they thought during that time period that there was. So, like you're saying. But see, this is my thing with Atlantis. Like, there must have been a huge generation of people with a, a world-working power altogether. That you know, yeah, I believe had, so. Had cities all over the world, including. That's, I mean, that's how the Mayans and the Aztecs and all them uh, that how they got there. Maybe uh, Atlantis was the big branch and city that ruled everything. That kind of like outpoured from everywhere else, kind of like New York City or Washington D.C. or exactly something like that, where. Uh, atlantis you know they they are now i mean some research depending on who who you're looking up and what you're into but that egypt is pretty much like the the branch out like the people who fled atlantis or the ones that actually exactly, made it out and survived were, it survived it and took some of the knowledge that they had of the things that they used to do um are the the egyptians modern modern day well, modern day egyptians but the ancient egyptians are yeah. the ones who thrived in the culture and what they built as a an empire
1: well, well, if it's true that we come from Africa, right, then it would make sense that the first people started building the first civilizations there. They got a head start, right? And any time in history where there's a centralized power and then that power mm. is lost, all the remaining factions start to vie for power. And in warfare, so many more things can be lost. Do we, I don't know if it was then? Charlemagne that ruled Europe, or who was the Holy Roman Empire. But after he died, everything went – in. All of his children, anyone who had a a general, anyone had a chance of power, they all shot for it. And the whole thing just blew up, you know? Same kind of situation.
0: So, I I mean, and that would explain why Africa has been devastated for the last, you know, since Mm -hmm. we've we've been around. Because normally when something happens within like an area and it gets devastated with any like, I always try to look at things micro-macro. If it's happening in the micro, it happens in the macro. So, throughout history, you know, it's something, you know, let's just say, I'll use an analogy. So, if like something bad happens to a sports franchise. So, for example, in the the Premier League, you get relegated and you lose tons of money when you get relegated. So there's a team by the name of uh, Southampton. No, not Southampton. Um, oh, they got a Netflix special. I forget the name of the team. They're, they're <laughs> red and they got stripes. Whatever. They're irrelevant. But they got relegated from the Premier League all the way down to the EFL, to the first division, to second division. So they went down four oh, divisions wow. because of how bad... You know their one mistake, we'll call it them getting relegated from the Premier League, and then like even Leeds, which is another big city in England, who has been prominent for years, but they got relegated to the EFL and they've been stuck there for years. It's kind of like the same concept. I mean, obviously it's ancient history and stuff oh, like that. interesting. But, but in the in the in the macro of like ancient history. When something bad happens to something, it takes a long time for it to build back. So my example is Leeds is finally in the Premier League again, but it took over thirty years for them to wow. build up money and infrastructure. I think it's. I think if Africa was so dominant during that time, let's say it was. Let's let's pretend that Egypt and Atlantis, the
1: Kush, who was the king of Kush, who was like the richest man who's ever lived, yeah. and he, go on. Sorry, it, go on. It, yeah.
0: It, oh yeah. But through through lost history and us not really knowing the past in, in that time period in a region because a lot of it's unknown and unsettled, but. Um, in Egypt, there was. I actually watched a documentary on this um, this ancient tomb that was unlocked in a certain part of Egypt. And it the was. The tomb of Saqqara? Yeah, the tomb of Saqqara, yes. I, man, you have yeah. <laughs> to watch that same thing. Jeez <laughs> Louise.
1: Hey, man, I'm a nerd too, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so pretty much they unlocked, they found that the family, it was a high priest within the Egyptian culture who ended up yeah. diagnosing the entire family passed away from malaria, which was a huge thing because we haven't. We, for many years, human civilization did not know that malaria was around that far back. So now it shakes and rocks Crazy. everything that we know. That people died from malaria during that time. From a, a paleontologist looking at bones and figuring out how this person died. And it really rocks how we view the world. Okay, so now we have to readjust and resecure what we know as a human race. Like, hey, people from this time period died from malaria. You know, it's been around a lot longer than we think. And it's it kind of changes your perception of like, it goes from here is ancient history in middle school. Here's ancient history in high school, college. This is what you learned. And now you need to be on the brink of finding out more. And I think that's something that has been lost, I think in the mid to early two thousands, I can't speak for the nineties or eighties. Cause I obviously wasn't in school like at a high level at that time. But nowadays things are being projected on us that, really push us to, like Graham Hancock and some of the other scientists who are on board who are pushing for new studies to say, hey, look at North and South America. They're just as important. Stop looking at the Eastern world as like a good standing point of Europe finding these two continents. Like, are you serious? You don't think that other civilizations have found them or were there? I mean, we showed up to this place, and there was people there. It it sounds kind of crazy that I never put that, like, you get so brainwashed by what you're taught sort of in school. Yes. And you kind of just like... Especially
1: hey, being like Westerners. It's all about Europe. It's all about but Europe. But Africa and China and Mesopot- in the Middle East, they all had civilizations yeah, so like long ago.
0: And we just... It's not the new world, man. Like the North and Amer- America and South America are just as prominent as the other continents. And they have a massive influence on what we do on a day-to-day basis because of the things that we find or unlock within ancient cultures within the Mayans. or You were talking about the um, pulling... Pulling back uh, the landscape with the lidar and finding yes, ancient cities. Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. Finding ancient in cities the Amazon. in the Amazon, and it's it's an unbelievable thing to look into. So, if you're not only
1: know as the people who lived and, and the things that happened, happen we'll never that time, yeah. you know, You'll it's never, amazing.
0: We'll never know, and oh, oh, that's what I was going to bring up about Egypt and how the. Uh, I forget the name of the actual library that was burned, but there was a lot of history. Oh,
1: yeah. The Library of Alexandria. Yes,
0: the Library of Alexandria. And that's like stuff that you should definitely look into to find out because, I mean, there's a whole lost piece of information. I'm talking to the listeners. God
1: only knows. God only knows what 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 happened,
0: what we lost, and what was. uh, Makes me so angry. Like, I know people love technology and they're like, this is the best it's ever been, and this has been that, and and all that stuff. Who knows what type of civilization. I know, like, We look at the primal stuff that we know that we're aware of, of like the Mayans, the Aztecs, or the ancient Egyptians, or all these Mm -hmm. different cultures of how they interacted with each other. But what if there was stability before that? What if there was technology that controlled the local areas? Maybe not in the technology that we think, because I think elements elements that we have in our periodic table can be used in a certain way based on the preference of what we're searching for, if that makes sense. I, no, like, it does. It if, does. If we're looking to create something that's in front of us based on what we have. So therefore we have electricity, so therefore we're going to aim towards things that
1: make machinery, right? It branches off. Yeah, branches off of what works well with electricity. Exactly. Yeah. But what if there was something But there's the else whole electromagnetic space? field. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So what if they found something to be able to build off other viewpoints. Of
1: and now we it? can segue into UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> i was was only thinking it (laughs) no we don't i don't even want to go there but i have i have played with that idea too but not not seriously seriously but you know
0: yeah i mean things you you think about it when you're in these types of thoughts and ideas of like what's going on and i i i think it's a a very um i mean we could talk about ufos because it kind of does play into it because that could be something that was discovered years ago and there's so many rumors about ancient archaeology finding (laughs) ufos correct
1: it would be so, yeah, roll right. That's the whole that's the whole idea with yeah. um That it was well, not that was, was on Rogan. Yeah, it's not it's not yeah. it's not ancient artifacts. It's ancient artifacts. I would be so happy if UFOs were just these transportation things that were just still flying around with nobody piloting them. That would be the funniest thing ever. And yeah, <laughs> like, no one controls them, them anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're just flying around. They're just loose everywhere. Just messing that would with be civilization
0: the modern day.
1: Yeah. They've got, right. What are these things?
0: They got pre recorded like dictation in their code to just kind of yeah, do exactly. what they're
1: supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so yeah. funny. <laughs> oh, that would make me laugh. Yeah. Well, you know you know, we were talking about lost history. Mm. But I, w- I was listening to um Yeah, that guy, Joe Rogan had some some guy on who was writing about Comanches, right? And and I can't remember the name. I was telling you about this before. And uh, I got to the part of the book where it's talking about General Custer. Mm. And in the book, they describe him as like a drunk, a failure. And when he went out there, he died. But he had gone to school with a guy named McKinley. And McKinley was highly successful at fighting um, Comanches. He was also highly successful in the Civil War. We haven't even lost this history and no one even knows who this guy is. So we have history we don't know about that we've lost. But even the history that we do know about, we don't we we don't know about. or the general population doesn't know about it. So it's almost like history is such a fickle thing with people, you know. Yeah. It's whatever whatever rubs us the right way. We want to talk about. And, we want to talk about Custer's defeat, you know. Or, and, or I, it, and,
0: and I know it's like so cliche to say, but it's you know it the. Uh, history is always written in the hands of the victors, which is true. But yes. To get true history, you got to look dig deeper than,
1: you know, you have to dig deeper. Yeah.
0: So it's not, it's nothing that we can't, um, continue to explore and have, like, I think that's why the modern age is so great because we're really pushing ourselves as people, as the human race to find, um, better options of, you know, what really happened in the past or with our archeological digs or, going to different parts of the world and asking literally asking simple questions hey you know these these group of indigenous population within like a, a country or so hey you know what is your guys' ancient history and then take it seriously instead of just passing over it you know you know what i'm saying like yeah not just It's by. arrogant. it's arrogant it is such arrogance but just to My thing, so like I didn't, you probably understood this because you had a massive European influence, I think, in your life, but I didn't because I went through American schools, which I would say I had a, uh, I had a very beneficial, like I think I had a really good experience in school as far as like, Mm. I wasn't too attentive, but I definitely, I listened to the teachers, I just didn't do the work, so I I didn't get good grades, but I definitely was like in tune with what they were saying. I went to a very good school system that taught me a lot. Now that I've met other people across the country and what they know, what I don't know, there's a big difference as far as um, studies. Like I can't go out and hunt, you know, like I have a bunch of friends in the Air Force who can hunt and they know a lot about that. I still think that's super beneficial. Like, and I know a lot about history or I can, I can quote things that they probably couldn't, but we all have different walks of life, which is fine. But where we grew up in Massachusetts, it's just. Is what it is, but anyway, back to the my,
1: education system. Yeah,
0: back to my major point. When I went to when I lived in England for three years, I didn't. The, I learned a lot. I, I I found it fascinating their their viewpoints on World War One, their viewpoints on World War Two, and the I way know, they looked at the so war. In the way that a lot of people valued Russia and how much they influenced World War Two to help. You know, bridge the gap of they ended know, the Holocaust. Ended the Holocaust, and and for me, I was always told D Day and their heroes, which they are. Like I still support D Day and like loving that part of American history, but it wasn't as massive as it could have been. Like I, I, I now look at facts as facts. So the the in World War II, the the front that was at Normandy, a lot of them had to go to the other side to fight on the Russian front. And they, yes. they, they moved a lot of troops to that side because millions of Russians were were forcing themselves down that side to protect uh their, their line of defense and Germans had no choice but to move. So I'm not saying that it wasn't heroic. It was it was heroic what the Americans did. It just probably yes. wasn't as bad. Who even knows what would have happened if those if Russia didn't help? That's what I'm saying. Like, they would have been right smashed. Up.
1: Yeah, it would have been smashed,
0: and, and it's controversial because it's a culture that, like Russia, were like naturally against them and
1: China. So it's like that pushback of yeah, and you don't want to give the Nazis any credit. Nobody wants to no. give the Nazis credit. No, I actually, don't.
0: No, absolutely not. And no one. But does. they were a war machine, you know. I'm just saying the, the, it's very interesting on how you know history can dictate like how you feel about certain situations oh, yeah. throughout history and just moving to another country and learning about it and actually seeing it from the other side, which I know that you probably have had that influence in your life of like being open-minded about it. But being from America, sometimes I think now I'm going to be honest, it can be tough until you actually talk to sit down and talk to a, someone from Europe and be like, Hey, what's this? And they're like, I'm like, really? That's your perception on it. That's wild. That's
1: wild. That's well, you know, stuff. really, actually I do feel the same way you do. I feel like that American thing a lot, okay. but I think the door was cracked open a bit from my European influence Mm. and then eventually I experienced the same thing you did Mm. but to be honest that didn't happen until I was in the air force and I met people from Georgia California Texas and I started realizing like America is not just one thing there are these people who live in what I would say is completely different countries it's all the United States but they're so different from me And then that started opening my eyes to really how the world was, you know.
0: Yeah, it does. It, it definitely because I mean, from all different parts of the country, I experienced the same thing. Like, even coming back, my shift from Europe to America has been crazy. I I definitely fell in love with the the romantic r- romanticizing side oh, yeah. of, of Europe and living that lifestyle, and then coming back to America. And I do love America. So awesome! I, I love Colorado where I'm living now, but it's definitely different. It's definitely a different push than what I'm what i got used to when i was out there so
1: there's so much to know and there's so much to understand about the world what what people like what everyone sees everyone sees something different and like you're saying when you grow up in america or maybe it's just us in the northeast you see the world as one thing but if you just shift to someone else's point of view it's like you're in a different reality people just live and see things so differently it's crazy <laughs> it is it's wild I've been drinking, so now we're going <laughs> to... So you're saying we can not
0: talk about the UFOs.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can go to UFOs.
0: <laughs> oh, it's interesting. This month has gone on, and they still haven't released much about it. There was a leak. Like... Oh,
1: I don't trust them. I don't trust them to release anything meaningful. I
0: uh, know, me neither. They've already you know? like, slipped a few things, and it's still like, okay. The, I, the one that slipped from the Pentagon was like, it pretty much talked about how it said that, I don't I don't want to mess this up but it, it, all it said was that the the UFOs are not run by aliens pretty much in more or less of a term like they're not outside creatures It's China. Yeah.
1: It's China. That's what I that's what I'm settling on. It's got to be chi- it's China it's or us. But... I mean
0: it, it's either us or it's, it's got to be a new weapons program or China. I mean it would be Insane. I, you know what? The, okay, I, I got something I got to get off my chest. with this, right? Oh yeah.
1: yeah anytime let's do it, I hear, got something
0: too. I, anytime I hear someone say this, I don't know if it's going to line up with what you're talking about. But anytime I hear someone say that, if 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 it was aliens, it's, it's I honestly I don't want to like ruin a, like run on anyone's parade. But they say if it was aliens, wouldn't we know that if they were here already? Or like they present this side where like if it was aliens, we would already know. Because Yeah, like that's just logical. It's just logical, and it's like, wait a second, <laughs> wait, let's let's break this down. You're talking about a civilization that was across from another galaxy, or yeah, <laughs> potentially another galaxy, flew to this area. You don't think they have the capability, my friends, to be discreet and low profile yeah, on this planet for right. hundreds of years? Uh, I think Thousands so, of my years? friend. Yeah, I think of they can. I think they can. It doesn't m- even make sense. Yeah, the the whole idea of them presenting themselves now at a large quantity. Um, is maybe a reason why they would want to make contact. Now I'm not saying. Well, that maybe that it's because of
1: nuclear weapons too. You know. Yeah. Who and knows?
0: Th- that interesting story from Africa that Joe talks about on his podcast with. Um, yeah. About the, the students the and students everything. in Africa and the school. It happened in Australia and it happened in Africa. You know, visiting them and, you know, it's it's ta- it's hard to like see the the documentary and like all these people who are like in their 30s, and 40s. Talk about yeah. it like it was an actual event. It's like very convincing, but at the same time, oh, you, really? still, you still hold reservation of like. I well, won't let me just stop you right there yeah, because
1: here's something: I love the Lord of the Rings. I love mythology. Mm-hmm. I can, I can play around with ideas and thoughts, and I can watch something like that. It doesn't mean it has to be, one hundred percent true to me. Exactly. I, I, I just want to consider what people have to say. If there's a hundred people saying they all saw the same thing, I'm not gonna say, Oh, they they one hundred percent did see that and I believe it. But at the same time, I'm not gonna dismiss them. I wanna hear what they have to say. It's okay to entertain ideas and not have to commit to them, you know? I, I feel like that's the big mistake with UFOs. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks like if you say something it has to be one you're way committing. To, yeah, right. Yeah. How about How about our best pilots, the best of the best people, like David Fravor and that other lady that just came out, too, who was in the other plane? They saw something that they can't explain, and they're our best of the best. Those are the people I want to hear from. Forget the government. I don't trust the government at all, and I'm a veteran. I don't to be careful what I'm saying, but I don't trust them to come out with a good report. I want to hear our pilots first-hand accounts of what they're saying. Doug,
0: you can say say whatever you want. We're 56 minutes in. I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised if someone makes it this far into the podcast.
1: That's so good. Yeah, good point. This guy's talking crap about the government.
0: If we're Uh, we're the worst ones talking crap about the government, yeah, they're (laughs) following us.
1: Good luck. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not looking forward to that report. I was excited about that report, but the closer it gets, the more I realize it's going to be a bust. Whatever it is,
0: yeah, whatever it is, I'm sure it will be somewhat covered up. I think they're doing their either due diligence to open up to say, "Hey, we got these this new technology." Here's the thing. Here's here's my my take on the entire thing. Um, yeah, whatever we find out will be cool, and whatever we don't find right. out, it it it's 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 going to hurt. But here's the main point. The main point is. If it's new technology that the U.S. has or China has, it's going to change the world forever. Yes. If it's an alien from an outside planet, it's going to change the world forever. Yes, whatever that is, it will change the world forever. It doesn't matter. It could be. It could be angels. Mm. It could be God's return. You know, if you're a Christian or yeah, you're you right. know, religious. Yes, whatever this is, it it could change the world. Obviously, there's something that see. Here's. Here's what I get. I got on the train like I like you had talked about before. I entertain the idea. I think about it. I tell my wife about it. She thinks I'm crazy. We go, you know, whatever. But once I heard that Navy pilots were seeing it and multiple reports of military, then it kind of changes like, okay, well, other people are acknowledging it. So whatever this is, it's changing the world no matter what it is, because you're thinking if there's a propulsion system, that a government or a society has captured you're talking like how how can that be implemented into small technologies that could change the world not just spacecraft but also whatever they're using within quantum computing or propulsion systems how mm. how could that change our daily lives in the small not like talking about travel but um, let's say you take the technology and try to use it for the advantage of computers or smartphones or something brand new we, we don't know it exists how does that right. change a day-to-day basis and those are the things I think of no matter what it is it will
1: revo- revolutionize everything it will just like the computer did and the internet well here's what I here's what I think if it is human-made if it is China or America if it's someone who has it then it can't it, it must be very quick and amazing but there there must be something that's negative about it because if it was as amazing as it seems, Knowing humans, they would have already they would have already used it in an awful way, mm-hmm. which means maybe these flights can only last for 10 minutes. Maybe it takes an enormous amount of energy to power these things. If a human – like if China has it, not to sound like an American, mm-hmm. but I feel like if they could really efficiently use these things, they'd be using them right now. They're yeah. pushing into the South China Sea. They've got this whole network they're setting up in Africa. If they were able to use technology that was this advanced, they would be using it against us to its maximum potential. Yeah. So either it is theirs, and if it is theirs, it's not as good as it seems. No. It's only good for five minutes or so. That's how what I feel. You know. Yeah,
0: and then I think the third and final option of what it could be. Well, I'd say okay. There's there's two more actually. The, the first one, well, I'll say the the fourth one. So the fourth one is we have no idea what this is and it's unexplainable and we'll be yes showed what it is. The third one, I think it's it's ancient civilization, like we had talked about before, yes. showing its colors. So like maybe it's a race that lives underwater. I know it sounds so crazy, but that
1: would be so awesome. That, that that's that would my favorite. So awesome. that, that's
0: like me too. Like a, in either some sort of ancient culture created this thing and it can't stop. It's on a code. It, like you had explained before, but a lot of different things, or maybe they're still alive and they have been watching or us forever. A current culture
1: that lives under the water, yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: ah, that would be so great. All these
0: things. <laughs> I mean, I heard someone say the other day. I can't remember if it was on Joe's podcast or or someone else, but they were talking about what if it was just a bunch of smart. It was on Joe Rogan's podcast. What if it was just a bunch of smart individuals who branched off by themselves and just created stuff?
1: Yeah, it was just a bunch right. of smart
0: dudes and just or or and women. Cool. Sorry. Uh, Do you want to know a funny thought?
1: Stuff. A funny thought I had about it was: what if there was a species under the sea that was like mollusks and clams, and just by the way that they evolved, they somehow were able to connect themselves <laughs> themselves <laughs> to the electromagnetic fields around the world? And what if these were just giant clams coming up out of the, <laughs> the water, flying around? All right, guys, this I, is I all we that have that... time for.
0: at Project. <laughs> Project Sports.
1: <laughs> UFOs, clams. Yeah,
0: again, UFOs and clams? UFOs and clams, we're all the way down the rabbit hole at this point. I
1: hope to God that UFOs are really clams, because when it comes out, I will be the smartest man alive once we review this podcast. Yeah, I know, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I would allude to that idea, except for
1: well, they're probably not clams. I know they're not clams, they're, but I just thought about. You
0: know them. what, Doug? It, they're probably mollusks, <laughs> if anything. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> not clams, they're mollusks. <laughs> uh, well, I I just hope they're not. I hope they're not aliens. It would be so terrifying if that were true. Yeah. I don't maybe. know what they are. Maybe they're nothing. Maybe it's just a bunch of baloney to distract us. And you know, we're just taking the bait like we always do. Yeah.
0: I mean, here's the thing, because. in regards to aliens so obviously we both grew up christian in our faith and our background but in in detail like in any religion that you believe in i don't know every single religion but the 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 backdrop of creating the entire universe or you live off the premise that some deity or god created the entire universe that they built all these galaxies so in in my frame of reference it would be you know the Christian God who created the entire world, right? Um, right. And created multiple galaxies that we look up that we can visibly see with telescopes now, um, and there it's ever expanding and all this stuff. Like, so a uh, point that uh, this this guy I listened to his name is Jefferson Bethke. He, uh, uh, we were created, so therefore we are creative. He says. So, like mm. the, the point that we are creative is that we were, we came from a creator who created us. I, th- I think it's a really cool perception. Obviously, it's not it's not foolproof or soundproof by any means, but it's a right. cool thing to Let's think about. Um, but that idea of like if I if I was a god <laughs> for a day, <laughs> I would not just make one human race. I, I, that would that's that's oh, how no way I would think. I would think I would make you know multiple races across the galaxy that believed in me or I had my presence in or. Maybe that's how it was intended. Maybe not. Maybe we are alone be in the way universe. More interesting. But it'd be way more interesting if you know all this other matter and dark matter that exists in the universe that we know of actually had life on it, and could could consist of life as well. My thoughts. My my brief thoughts on the subject. No,
1: you're onto something. And you know, it's the thing is like uh, I forget what the quote is, but any any science or something, any like anything that's technologically advanced far enough can seem like magic to someone who doesn't understand it. Mm. So the things are interchangeable. Are aliens angels? Are angels aliens? or, I mean, you look at technology. You look at what we could do in the 90s. I never would have guessed how amazing technology would have been by the time I was in my 30s. Mm. If I joked around it with kids back then, it would have been fun to laugh and joke about. And I would have said, yeah, but that will never happen. But now we have... Cell phone, my iPhone 8, which I still have, is better than any computer from like the 90s, you know.
0: Even the early 2000s, that's a few
1: decades, even the early 2000s, and we're talking about a few decades, you know.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And the the fact that computers were entire rooms or warehouses, and now they're in the (laughs) palm of our hands, right?
1: Now, and the ones in the palm of our hands are even better than those pieces of crap back then,
0: yeah. And then the um, the M1 chip that's like in most iPhones now and then also uh they're in the the Microsoft Mac computers that just came out the M1 chip. I don't know if you've you've looked at it. No, I these. don't know about that. It's just a processing system that's it's unbelievably hmm. fast and it, it just to think of how small that is. It's like a small little square and that thing can it pretty much runs the entire economy to the the pace that it runs at now. The the mere that's fact crazy. let's let's talk about COVID for a second. So the mere the mere fact that the entire Uh, global structure can run after a huge pandemic like it has and not really lose face is because of technology. The reason why we're all still operating and the world is still revolving. If this pandemic happened in the nineties or the early two thousands, we would have been doomed. We would have taken a big backlash and we would like economically, not, not as far as the pandemic or what you believe, but if things were shut down the way it is today, you, we would have dealt with such a huge backlash because we would not have been able to survive, but because of technology and the adaptability of what we do, I always think that humans are able to adapt and overcome, but it would have been a big setback. The The fact that we got to the point that where we're at now is huge. Absolutely.
1: Everything was pen and paper, Yeah, you know, but now we can communicate so quickly. We can, you know, people could even, people could work from home try working from home back back then try transporting stuff it, it just wouldn't have happened it would have been much more disastrous like you're saying uh,
0: what a what a what a great podcast i'm having so much
1: fun yeah, me too. I was so nervous when it when <laughs> right before it started. I was like, "Oh God!" And then I almost wrote something down. And I'm like, "Don't be a nerd. Just just go on and talk." It's Timmy. You guys yeah. will have to talk about a million things easily. Yeah, yeah easily. And it's great. Yeah, we're about we're about an hour
0: into. I think it, so we it's have... pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I th- I'm down to do several more because we got a lot of topics to cover.
0: Exactly. So I mean, this is this has been a great start. It's uh, coming to the pie. I think we should end with something really funny though. Um, there's one thing yeah. on the list that we had talked about that we wanted to get to. We should definitely talk well, about the fights um i think that that's a <laughs> we definitely need
1: to get my into that cousin ben leave. my cousin ben bought a bunch of kendo sticks or they, i don't know if they're kendo sticks katanas? or boykins or whatever the hell what are they called the katanas i don't know the katanas but the, they the, were the, wood, the wooden ones I think, yeah they were all wooden they have a special name mm-hmm. and we used to sneak up behind my aunt's house <laughs> in weymouth and my aunt had my aunt was raised is a single mom she's raising her two boys and girl and she lives in these apartment complex, and up in the woods behind her house are power lines. And we would all go up there with these wood- <laughs> wooden samurai swords <laughs> and beat the living crap out of – you- I don't know if you remember this story, but we were up there fighting all day. And uh, my, I had my two – Ben and Kailak, my two uh, cousins, but they had a sister, Rebecca. And she was dating a boy and he was up there with her and they were walking around. And do you remember I, I had a sword fight with him? These poor people who came across us in our youth. <laughs> yeah, I beat the living <laughs> crap out of them. I do oh, remember Oh, yeah. I'll a... <laughs> have a crack I at it. I had my head up. <laughs> Yeah, I you remember. dare challenge me? Dare <laughs> challenge
0: For people listening to the show, when we when we say we had <laughs> stick fights, like I am not exaggerating to the fact Mm-mm. where people would get bruises and they'd be hurt by the end of this thing.
1: Oh, absolutely. We Your thumbs to, were going to get we, wrecked.
0: Not only that, sorry to call you this, but you were the king of nerds. Like, Doug would know the ancient technique of how a certain civilization would fight, and then he would teach us. He would read something. He would teach us how to do it. I'll never forget the – I can't remember if it was the French. I think it was the French or the high stance that we used to use. Yes. And you told us we used to have to strike down. So we would do do that with the damn – samurai swords as well
1: a solid wood The solid a wood. wood
0: and we would so what we would do is we'd stand across from each other like an mma fight and have sticks <laughs> in front of us and we'd fight either samurai style which is like the two hands in front of you and you had to strike yes. a certain way or we would do the high stance that doug taught us as well and we would try to beat the crap out of each other
1: but yeah whoever got hit first in a good spot like an arm hit you're, you can keep fighting legs you keep fighting but chest or head, Gone. you, you had to be done. Yeah, and, but yeah. I mean, you, it was full tilt. It was full tilt.
0: I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> I look back at it now and I'm like, that was it. It was fun. It was brutal. Like, we're not trying to sound like tough guys because by no means were we tough guys. We no, just, not at all. We looked not at, at, at it as like it was super professional. That was the weird part. Like, we took it so seriously. So seriously. Like, <laughs> I love it. We would build tournaments and, I remember I did a um, I did a FIFA World Cup uh, like a soccer game the soccer game for Xbox or PlayStation whatever. Right. Um, I don't think you
1: actually played in the fi-
0: real FIFA. No, that would be absurd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're way too far into this. Okay, so I, I was go ahead, go ahead. I, it was a Christmas. So we had a Christmas Day tournament. When I was in the Air Force. I was living in England, and you know a bunch of guys over there they don't have a place to go on Christmas. So I, I invite a bunch of guys over, and we played a tournament. Had a soccer thing, and I'm sitting there preparing for the day. My wife is making dinner and all this stuff and meanwhile, I'm at the store buying a a big board and then buying markers and all this stuff and uh, finding I did like seating and I did all these things where we would pick a name out of a hat, right? So we'd pick, you couldn't pick your team. You had to pick your team out of a hat and then you could pick one of the top 10 players in the world that would be traded to your team, right? Oh, that's awesome. I went so detailed in all this, but my, my big point is I was doing it and I was thinking to myself, why do I do this? And then I was like, oh, because mm. of my childhood, because of the way I <laughs> I was brought up with my friends and how I did things with Doug and how we, it was such a like, you don't just do things half ass. Like you don't just have a half-assed, tournament to, that's the, right. to do, you know, do it at the minimum. If you're going to be creative, you be creative all the way through. You create everything to it. Everyone had a blast. They thought it was the coolest thing. Like they'd go up and stand at the board. And I'd like, I took, I had a piece of chalk on one of it and I'd chalk off like if they get a win and like, Oh,
1: it was way too detailed, but no, no, it wasn't. That sounds amazing. (laughs) That sounds so good. No, I'm, you know, you're totally right. We go, you, you do the best you can with something. Presentation is everything. You know, how far can we take it? If you're conscientious about things, even if it's something like doing FIFA or cleaning your yard or anything in your life, if you're conscientious and you do a full effort, it always repays itself. It always comes back and repays you for it. Always does. Karma.
0: Karma. And, you know... The hard, hard work ethic, a lot of people, I think, nowadays get confused with um, making it and being successful, but sometimes hard work and right. your work ethic in general is something that you can... That's the
1: reward itself. The
0: reward itself is being able to have fun with what you're doing, and it's structured in a way where you feel satisfaction. Making money and growing whatever it is that you're doing is not always the be-all, end-all to things. And as far exactly. as morality in life, I mean, we hear all the time that billionaires are, are sometimes miserable and millionaires absolutely well. and it's not to say you can't make money 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 is good as you know as long as you're using it in the right way but i think for, for for us <laughs> <laughs> no no
1: but i keep i grab sorry i keep can... <laughs> as far as you know the
0: the deep the, you know thought
1: process <laughs> no i'm with you though i have, i completely agree my tool shed you should see it it's it's beautiful it's immaculate but i i agree with you yeah man... sometimes what what we think is success and don't get me wrong i'd love to be a millionaire but what we, what we think is success isn't always what real success is, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, the way our families operate and how we are as friends. And and, and to be honest, most of the time, even though he's my brother-in-law, he married my sister and we were friends growing up. I mean...
1: Yeah, we were brothers we were, first off.
0: We were brothers first off. I mean, that's how we kind of, how to feel. So, I mean, if you get anything out of this podcast, just the,
1: the friendship and
0: the kinship of what me and Doug have and... we go through on on a daily basis i know
1: if i divorce jen that you'll be on my side (laughs) 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 and you know it too
0: (laughs) i I, I made banners the day i found out you guys were dating
1: (laughs) i know right (laughs) this courtship shall last a lifetime (laughs) this courtship (laughs) shall be heard throughout the kingdom (laughs) I think lands. that's a good place to end it too Because my sons want to go jump off a pier Down on the bay so I, well, I gotta go and jump man, off that. Go workout. jump
0: off the pier and have a great time Thank, I will, I'm drunk enough show, to enjoy <laughs> it <laughs> I love sure. you Timmy I love you too Alright guys, thanks for listening to Project Sports You can find me on the Project Sports Pod Instagram And also on the Project Sports Facebook page Thanks for listening to the show guys We'll do one of these with Doug again Thanks for coming on the show Doug
1: I love you guys too, see ya bud Who do you love, the, the fans? the listeners you all the listeners weirdo. which will... <laughs> it'll be me listening to it 10 times in a row you fool what did you say <laughs> take care guys